All right, audio-only friends, thank you for joining the pre-party of Repile. We're going to try and add some fun to the audio-only version so that there's a reason to listen? Question mark? Right, L? Yes. Sorry, <laughs> I was reading tweets. Tweets? Yes. Why are you tweeting? Who are you tweeting at? Honestly, I'm trying to figure out how... How-O? Oh, I don't know. It says I was tagged in this tweet, but I don't see how I was tagged in that tweet. Show me how you were tagged in the tweet. It Where says... Click on it. Oh, it's because it's a, it's a bot. You got tagged by a bot in a bot mm -hmm. tweet. All right. Oh, I accidentally just turned on the YouTube recorder, so that's cool. So we are good to go. I'm going to move the ring light a little bit more centered so that we don't have so much shadowing. Is that okay with you, El from? How's that? I think it's a little shiny there. Oh, is that the problem? Is that it was shiny? Mm -hmm. How's that? No difference. No difference. But now we have an Oni. But now we do have an Oni. We'll have to go with that. Now we have an Oni. Oni! Yeah, you can't see Alex's uh, painting anymore. That's okay. Alex will tune in when he wants to. We are live. Hello. Hi. It is I, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, wearing my amazing uh, Goodwill find. This is uh, my Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, oh, you know what? The, uh, the legs of the camera stand are a little bit higher than normal. You can't see my knees anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good, bad, or indifferent. We're going to have to like. I feel like we get bigger. Well, the YouTube shot is fine, but the camera stand is somehow like a half an inch too high. You see that? So now we gotta stand up real big. We gotta stand up real big. Real big. I Yes. Believe this is my day off and I don't have to use my spine. <laughs> That's Elvis Strange, everybody. She believes in no bones days. They're nice. <laughs> I of course am the Sussman Rick Sussman, your camp counselor for the week. Welcome to Camp Crystal Lake. There are some rules that you need to follow. So this week uh, is the unofficial start of summer, at least here in Central Florida. Yeah, it is, yeah it's summer. <laughs> we have thunderstorms every day. Uh, last night there was a tornado warning. That was fun. We all got to huddle into one big bathroom together and sweat on each other. That was great. I wish we had footage of us running around gathering the cats. Only if it was sung to the Benny Hill theme. So, yeah. It, it was quite entertaining. You know, you would, you would gather them and put them in one room, and then when you'd open it up to put another cat in there, they would just break out, and it's like ten times worse. And it's like, oh. now they're all expecting it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we had to bribe them all with dry food. Our cats are weird. We give them wet food as their regular food. And then when they get crunchies, they're like, oh, it's a treat. It's like, oh, not a treat. It's just a huge bag of treats. Look at all them treats. <laughs> Um, so yeah, summer is here, and with summer comes summer camp, uh, which means that Elle and I will be uh, finally sitting down to watching Sleepaway Camp. Yes, I know the twist ending. I don't think she does, mm -hmm. but we're going to watch Sleepaway Camp. We're going to watch all the camp horror movies as the summer goes on. Whatever horror movie that takes place in a summer camp, we have to watch, and that, of course, includes Goonies, because that is a horrid movie. I just wanted to say I hate Goonies. And I'll fight you to the death to 
die on that hill. But this does lead us. Yeah, I know. This does lead us to a quick discussion. L, what are the rules of surviving summer camp in a horror movie? I, I can't go through all the rules. There are rules. I was not prepared for this. Yeah, what a you, proper report. What are you talking about? You're the one who suggested we talk about I'm talking about, I can't give you the rules. There, There is a huge list. Okay. There are things that you have to abide by, and I'm not going to just know them off the top of my head. Okay. But I will tell you this. Okay. If you're at Sukhoi Camp, and it is Friday the 13th, just don't have sex. <laughs> really, really, rule number one is, if someone invites you to go skinny dipping in a crystal lake on Friday, you should look around and go, you know... Well, that's the whole point. Of, you can't be so specific, though, because the whole point of the movie is that it's always at the same place. Except that it's not. Right? No, like, it, but it's not. Because one of the Friday the 13th takes, takes place, place on a ferry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not There's good. always, like, the little, like, we could just go down this path a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we put it over here. And we could, uh, It's crystal, crystal Lake. Of course, lakes are synonymous with connecting to oceans. <laughs> I will say this, though, too. Uh, one big thing. If, if you know that you're in a situation like that, please secure your windows first. Yes. You have to make sure <laughs> that no one comes flying through a window and stay away from portholes. That's his backup, you know? If, if he hasn't thrown somebody else's body through it, he He's, will throw his own. Jason will yeet... And he'll survive it. He will yeet himself or someone else through a window. We have seen literally, at this point we can now say this, literally every movie starring Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th, or otherwise, Yes. at one point in every single film, bar none, yeeting, window, splatter. I love it. I, I love the fact that that is a thing. It really is. And because then... I know what to wait for. Like when it happens, it's big time. You're like, oh my god, yes, because you you would wait and wait and wait and think like, is this the one that doesn't do it? Is this the one that doesn't do it? And it happens. Other rules for surviving summer camp. I actually was a camp counselor because that's how nerdy I am. Oh my god. Uh, this is true. Uh, other rules for surviving summer camp are uh, bring an extra bathing suit. Just always bring a second bathing suit. Don't ask me why. It's just important. I'll, well, I can give you an answer. More more often than not, especially at summer camp, right? Uh -huh. You're going to be doing lots of activities, and you're only going to be eating when they got food, especially at sleepaway camp, right? So you're okay. you're, you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but it's usually whatever they they make for you, right? I don't know. I've never been. I'm just assuming by you know Nickelodeon shows when I was a kid. Right, like <laughs> you know, salute your shorts and stuff like that. So that means that you're only eating three times a day, but you're running around, you're going crazy. With the, 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 the trunks that you started the year with, the, the summer with, are not the same size as what you're going to end up with. My point is is that you, you should just, just bring bring extra underwear. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't wanna you don't wanna dive into the pool and uh, So this has nothing to do with Friday the thirteenth. You don't wanna dive into the pool and come back out with any without any shorts. It's it's bad. But Back to Friday the 13th. Okay. Um, other rules. Uh, um, don't don't befriend anyone. <laughs> don't befriend. Don't befriend anyone. They'll always they'll always betray you. 
Every time you think you have a buddy, betrayal. Every single time, no matter what. Because they'll just, like, up and leave you? Yes! If somebody's chasing you? Yes! I mean, at some point, your relationship just comes down to, you know, survival. Will I take, will I take a macheteing <laughs> to you? <laughs> Am I willing death just to maybe save you? Oh, one last <laughs> thing. One last thing about surviving uh, summer camp. Surviving Friday the 13th summer camp specifically. If it looks like a rundown building, don't go inside. Well, they made the joke about that on, I think it was Progressive yeah. Commercial yeah. or State Farm. I don't know. They all, they're all trying to do that thing. Anyway, they have a group of kids that are running from, like, a, some murderous Mur right, right. Yeah. You know, character. Yeah. And they, they're like, oh, you know, we could go here. I think it was, like, a car that was already running. Right, exactly. And, like, ready for them. Or go and stand behind, like, the all the hanging knives, like, rusty, gross and a shit. And they're like, that looks safe. And then they go and run behind as a hunter. So, I mean, kind of like that idea. Yes. So, so we're going to watch Sleepaway Camp. Mm -hmm. We're going to watch all the camp horror movies. Campy. Campy horror movies. Well, we already watched campy horror movies, so that's fine. Yeah, that's what we do. We, we watch a lot of camp movies. horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right, L. Banter achieved. <laughs> banter achieved, but one last thing. She didn't know I was going to do this. Ella Strange, what did you think of Rescue Rangers, Chip and Dale? It was alright. Oh? I will say this. Oh? I almost fell asleep, like, two, three times. Like, I was, it was literally... That speaks less to the movie and more to the fact that you can't stay awake for 58 minutes. That's why you gotta be on. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> keep me up and alert. You gotta keep me it's the, it's the movie's fault. It's the movie's fault. Yes. It's the movie's fault. You, you have to cater to me. Just me. Just you. Just, just you. Uh, and then we but were. But it was good overall. Okay. I, I will say that I did enjoy it. There were a lot of jokes um, for people that grew up watching the show. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, things you, you were already kind of making fun of. Right. I was in your head with other people about it. You know, and it's. It was good fun. It was good fun. I was very impressed. I did not expect that level of self deprecation. Especially from Disney. Uh, I just didn't expect Disney to go full bore. And then there was a lot of weird, like, Roger Rabbit-style crossover stuff that, you know, I was thinking they were going, God, Disney owns so much. But we also saw HBO uh, properties on there. There was a Batman reference. There was more than one DC Comics reference. There was they a few. They were basically making sure to hit everything. Every right? genre. Our generation. Like, South Park was, like, was there for yeah. a second. The 1,000-year-old man made an appearance, which is a very obscure Mel Brooks joke. So he was the guy with the really long white beard. Yeah. And I... There was, a, there was a lot. There was a lot of things going on. So, yes, there was a lot. I, felt, I still fell asleep, wanted to fall asleep. I still but felt personally... I don't personally, think it had really anything to do with the, the movie. Just saying... I felt personally attacked. It taken away from my review. That's fine. <laughs> I felt personally attacked... Because the movie begins in 1982. And I happen to know that 1982 is actually 40 years ago. I happen to know that. I also felt attacked that shortly after the two weirdo nincompoops meet each other, Tenacious D's friendship starts playing immediately thereafter. So, I don't know why this film was literally directed to me and one other person, but he and I both agreed that this is some bullshit. Why were they trying to... 
literally focus all the attention on us. Also, Andy Sandberg and John Mulvaney are amazing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we would absolutely be remiss if we didn't also mention that right now MegaCon is happening here in Orlando. We are obviously not there. We are obviously not going. Um, if for if just for one reason, and we sort of talked about this a lot already, I'm I'm just tired of getting con crud. And it would be really nice to like run into a lot of our creator friends. I think Tom King may be there. I know Jimmy and Amanda are there. Uh, other people have reached out and asked us if we are going to be there. And that's always you know a lot of fun to go see. Like one of the last times we saw Amanda Connor, um, we brought her that statue that you have that was modeled after her artwork, and she thought that was amazing, right? You remember that? Yeah, I mean that was like maybe ten years ago, but <laughs> it was like four. But but no, it, it's fun. You know, you we've talked about this plenty of times. Yeah. So you go to comics, comic conventions, and it it's like that going anywhere with a large group of people. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's just conventions. Anywhere there's a, lot a large of people, group of people. And, like, in close proximity to each other, if one person's sick, we're all going to fucking get yeah. sick. And it's, that's that's it. I mean, you would probably get the same effect if you hung out in the airport all day long. True. Very true. And the other, a lot of people. The other side of the coin, and we've been over this again a hundred times, we're not going to bother spending too much time on it. I want to go to comic conventions to, to meet creators, to see cool costumes, but also to buy really amazing comics at like a good price. Like one of our first actual memories together as a couple was going to MegaCon. Was it MegaCon or was it a, a smaller con? I can't even remember now. We went to both. MegaCon. What it is is MegaCon used to have that a little smaller, small, yeah, little con. And what really, and we, we spent the entire day at two booths. I remember specifically because one guy had rows and rows of fifty cent comics, and we loaded up on those. And then another guy had like 25 or cent comics or like 20 for $5 or something like that. And we never got past those two booths until we were like, oh my God, we spent all of our money. Let's go walk around and take photos now. And that's just, doesn't happen anymore, does it? Yeah. All right, anyway, we got lots of comics to review. L the Strange has a fabulous read pile for us. L, to the read piling. To the read piling. All right, first up, we have Faithless. This is Faithless Volume 3. What issue is that? Uh, this is issue four. Issue four. Yes. All right. It's not the end. Um, so I'm probably going to do my com my reviews pretty quickly now. Really now. Okay. Um, so anyway, so Faith uh, is basically stuck, you know, in between good and evil. That's how she is. Yes. Um, it, 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 it's you, this is what's been going on this whole time. I right. I feel like she's just stuck between heaven and hell. Yeah. And right now in this issue, uh, Lewis has her uh, in hell, or essentially what Nina Kajika is hell, because mm -hmm. um, he is the devil. <laughs> uh, That's me. This is this is what I got going on. Here's, here's your baby. Meeting the baby was very underwhelming. I feel like there might be more to it later on. I get that. Um, but right now, we don't get much of an answer when it comes to this particular um, issue. But you do see how Solomon and um, Poppy, Thomas Graham, uh, they both love Faith so much, they hate seeing what Lewis is putting her through and having her just kind of in the position that she is and then with this baby and everything. So they decide that they're going to attempt to rescue her. 
uh, and safer and you should bring them back and you can kind of see that portrayed there on the issue cover yeah. where you see Zolman you know coming to you know like he's watching over her he's trying to protect her um, and it just turns out so bad <laughs> it's it is so bad I'm sure you saw yeah. pieces of it it's an interesting glass page to say the very least it's it gets you uh, yeah, so a uh, lot of shit happens. I don't even, I yeah, I mentioned not really learning a lot about the baby in particular. You, you do get a, a look. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't learn a lot, like, as far as, like, the plans for the baby and everything like that. There's just, there's other, there's other things. Something is uh, yeah. going on, yeah. No, 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 I'm just saying there's other things going on in the issue. Like, you don't feel like you're, you missed out not learning more about the baby. Gotcha. In particular. Uh, man, it, it's great. I honestly cannot remember how many issues there are left. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to be coming up like pretty quick. I think, right? all, I think all, well, most everything Faithless has been either five or six issues, so I wouldn't be shocked if issue five was... And we know that Faithless Volume 3 is the final volume. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. This has been kind of a fun run for you. To you know, to find Faithless Volume Two, pick it up on a whim, decide it was amazing, fall in love with Maria Lovett, then start buying everything Maria Lovett esque, and now you're almost done with like her first long term. Vol- and of course, Brian Azzarello, we we know and love. So, yeah. so you're you haven't made a pick of the week yet. No, okay. I, I I don't know my pick of the week. I'm just gonna go by my feels. Your feels. Okay. All right. And this is speaking of pent ultimate issues. This is Wonder Woman uh, Evolution number seven of eight. Uh, this of course by Steph Phillips. Uh, I do find it interesting that the first time in the series we see Wonder Woman in her more classic outfit on the cover, as it were. I think if, if I go back, I think it just changes. Mm. I, um, I oh, like she's evolving? No, oh. I don't think it has anything to do with it. Oh. I don't know, maybe it does. Maybe it, it is that deep. But I, I think you know I didn't really pay attention to that. <laughs> sure, yeah, she, I guess she did. All right. Um, this series has nothing to do with the ongoing of course. series, just as a reminder. Um, this is something different, uh, and we basically have found out already as of the last issue um, that the idea is that Wonder Woman has been captured by somebody mm-hmm. um, and is being forced to believe that she is going through these trials to um, save Earth, to save humanity, to save this planet, uh, you know, and to prove that they deserve to keep their existence, uh, even after all the things that we have done to each other, to the planet, so on and so forth. And she goes through all these different things where she's having to face uh, those that she loves and go against them to prove her point about how much she believes in Earth and humanity. Mm. And, uh, Donna has shown up and said this is all fake so there she started starting to think that this is all fake this is all fake but we do find out that yes somebody actually has her in like a vat and she's just mentally going through all of this so uh, it's pretty crazy we do find out who it is okay in this issue so it is a big issue uh, and being that it's the one before the last issue we know we're gearing up for a big ending to right it's it's just like the faithless. You, you can you can see how it's built up in you already for that final battle. So I I'm pretty excited. 
Um, you know, Yale, it, like I said, it doesn't have a lot, it doesn't have anything to do with the ongoing Wonder Woman and the Amazon trials, things like that. It just happens to have the trials <laughs> kind of theme to it. So I thought, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh, there are cats destroying our uh, hallway right now because we have a washer dryer in there. And explain that. You go into further detail. I'd like to hear what the explanation is. They are jumping up. They, they literally jump onto the washer and dryer and they then they they bounce off the wall. I thought you told me that that's not that's not possible. You said that was a trick of the magic camera. That cats don't actually jump jump like that. These do. <laughs> <laughs> cats, the master of the double jump. All right, what else you got for us? All right. Count cats. Crowley. This is issue two oh, of. Oh, four. I'm covering some good stuff. There we go. Uh, cat issue two of four. Um, this is from Dark Horse Comics, your first foray into Dark Horse miniseries since um, Dead Dog's Bite. So how is this going? It's a good story. I, I'll be honest, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed with the fact that it's so short. Ah! Uh, but at the same time, stories like this need to be short. Right. I, th I think that's why I like it so much, because I know, oh, this is a story you yeah. know about this particular character it doesn't mean that this this arc of stories ends mm -hmm. you know but, or but this particular character is not going to disappear it's he, just this is a story that this happens is a, this yeah. story she has a previous story yes already and that's kind of the point of this is that she is um, finding this werewolf that um, you know she's like okay you caught some shit I gotta take you down and then they find out in the last issue that it was actually his girlfriend that turned him into a werewolf. And Werewolves. I'll remind you of the wonderful joke of her name being Crystal and they do meth together. Yeah, well, being a werewolf is like the herpes of it the was, vampire world. You know, it, it's like a haha -ha joke. Ah. Everybody, gets a, everybody gets a little, uh, <laughs> a little werewolf. <laughs> but here's the thing. Jerry is the main character. Uh, she uh, discovers that she basically she needs to take out this girl um, to be able to have any hope of helping this guy that is a werewolf that has been turned. Uh, so, you know, she's referred to as a mother wolf. Oh. And that is another thing I love about the series is that it teaches you things about this world. Like, they, they, they talk about how she is a mother wolf. Uh, they also uh, go into detail about how like, oh, well, that's the thing, you know, she changed so, so quickly because she's able to, you know, get, be one with her werewolfism or whatever <laughs> and, 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 and become a werewolf with just anger instead of being, having to go by the lunar calendar. calendar. Because when you first turned, you don't have that experience. You, as you age, you learn to be able to... Control, like control it more, yeah. so yeah. you can simply let it out with just anger. And I thought that was really cool. So she's like, she's like a super saiyan. I don't know. She like, she like powers up and werewolves out. I mean, how cool is that? I think it's cool. I, that's why I love reading uh, series like this, is because you you get that 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 nerdy info, you know, that just. That's you, a very good point. Remember, comic book creators watching our show. Nerds don't care what the answer is, just as long as you give us 
and answer. Yeah, man. I didn't even ask the question and they pulled me in. Oh, I was so like, that, I did want to know. That, that, that is an interesting statement. I like that. That's good to, that is good to know. Mm-hmm. I will add that to my euphoric collection of things I never asked for and now I have an answer to. But... I, see I feel like eventually in my life I would have had that question. <laughs> the movies that we watch. Yeah, well, I mean, and it I'm was a little big, disappointed in myself that I haven't asked that question. Like, it was a how big come part. I didn't notice that. You didn't watch Hemlock Grove, like, and, and for good reason. That show was terrible. The only reason why you watch Hemlock Grove was you missed um, uh, Jean Grey from the original X Men movies, whose name I can't remember anymore, and you wanted to see Pennywise the Clown just getting started in his acting career. Mm. But you didn't watch Hemlock Grove. And it was bad. I but have to take it there's rules. There's there's all things. Hemlock Grove. I was gonna say I was like being a, human. Only but imagine. <laughs> well, so it was being human, but a lot hornier and uh, set in America. <laughs> it was not great. It was not great. Next time I watch, like, is it two seasons? It was on Netflix. Or? It was three seasons, and the third season unequivocally is one of the worst pieces of garbage you've ever seen in your life. It's so bad. But it's about a werewolf and a vampire who become friends. Uh, and uh, see, that's why I'm like taking it. Like they were just. It was bad. It was. This is this is when Netflix first got like it's. It was one of Netflix's first ever shows. Huh. But it has uh, it has uh, Bill Skarsgård. Is it Bill Skarsgård? The youngest Skarsgård, who's Pennywise the clown. Anyway, next up, Rain. I feel it. Rain. So Honeysuckle and Mark are spending all this time burying all these people. Yes. They keep finding more and more bodies. It's just endless. And they have to do it in between the rain. Yes. Uh, The rain is actually getting worse. Uh, It's more frequent. Oh, okay. Uh, And uh, Honeysuckle does get, like, little bouts of, like, access to her phone and the Internet. So she's able to kind of put together information that she's seeing about like updates and everything, and combined it with things that she's been uh, hearing from the Templeton, which Templeton has his mother there um, and the father um, that used to be a chemist and yeah. everything. So they, she's picking up all this like information about what's going on. She figures it out. She figures out exactly how the rain came about. Oh, who did it? So we must be getting really close to the end of the book, and then. It is, it is so, oh my god, it is huge. Uh, and, well, I mean, you can't really just let that person... Well, yeah, just, if, if you can track no. down, <laughs> if you can track down somebody who's responsible for the maida of most of the earth, you'd probably want to go make sure that justice yeah. befell them. So it's, it's pretty, it's a heavy, heavy issue mm-hmm. uh, and you're you just don't know what's going to happen next at this point There, there's still still more of a story to tell but where do you go with it after this issue this this one was it just basically it, it answered what happened but we don't have the, the why really and exactly how uh, you know there's, there's obviously more details that we can get into with that but this issue, man, it's like I said, it's heavy. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to find out what, what's going to happen in the last one. All right, all right. So next up. Next up. Next up. Still don't know what my pick of the week is. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I got Alice. And this is Alice in Ever After, or Alice Ever After. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you're a big Alice in Wonderland nerd. 
anything with Alice in Wonderland you generally will buy, and then occasionally you do read it. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I read it, you know, I just, I don't read a lot of, like, every novel variation. I can't, I can't do that. Okay. Uh, comics, that's easier. <laughs> uh, I like pictures. <laughs> So Alice is uh, now, since the first issue, uh, we discovered that, and it goes into this one, that she is able to access Wonderland uh, simply by ingesting some pills. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? Um, but just like in a lot of these uh, adaptations of Alice, uh, we that's a big question. Is Wonderland even real? Yeah, is yeah. it even real? Is it real? No matter how she is accessing it, through a hole in the ground, <laughs> you know, <laughs> taking some pills, you know, whatever the, the story is, the, it's still questionable. Is it is it a reality that she's going to? Is she able to access this reality, or is she accessing a fantasy? Mm. Does the fan? Does it even matter? Isn't the fantasy? You know, she's escaping yeah. either way. Right. So it, it is a very heavy story. Sure. Already, uh, she doesn't want to be there. She's she doesn't want to be in her life. She talks about things in her life, you know, here and there. Sometimes it's just like a mention of something, and you're and you're like, okay, that sounds kind of deep. Um, why, you know, why do you feel that way, kind of thing? And you, you get some of those questions while she's there. You know, now in issue two, she's locked up in a psych ward, mm -hmm. and she's happy to be there. She's okay with it. Uh, this is where she wants to be because she knows she's going to be able to escape to Wonderland when she needs to. She knows she's. I feel like she's getting away from a lot of things that she's not happy about in her life. I don't know if it's really supposed to be focused more in that way, um, but that's how I've seen. The story of Alice a lot of times. Yeah. So to me, I'm bringing all that baggage of mine <laughs> from other Head, things that I've read of Alice, and I'm kind yeah. of bringing it in to the a story. Thing. It's a thing. But you are seeing that she does find somebody there, a friend, uh, and you start to wonder also along with that. Well, if he's seeing it, you know, and he's there, which you did see a bit of that. From happening in the last issue, issue. right? It, maybe it is a reality that they can escape to, and you see. But then you see the fact that all of these people, the characters outside the story, are playing regular characters. Uh, it's almost like, and if you if you've watched Moonlight, Moon Knight, sorry, Moon Knight, Moon Knight, uh, how he's, you know, I don't know. Can I talk about it? Without I, ruining it. I, I think you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so he's in a psych ward at one point, and then he's trying to question, like, is he really in a psych ward? And, yes. and then it turns out to be more. But for a moment, it's kind of that, that same question um, of reality. Which one is the reality? So, I, I don't know. I It, it could be anything. I, I need more. Mm -hmm. I, obviously, I need more. I, I need more information. I need more. I can, ne I can never have too much of Alice. Uh, and I love everybody's portrayal of the story. Uh, I, I don't think I've found bad ones so far. It's just sometimes it's different. So uh, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, um, but I am going to find out. <laughs> All right. So what is your pick of the week then? Um, I guess I'm going to 
see. It's crazy. All right, Alice Ever After is the pick of the week this week. Well done. I would have thought it was going to be Rain or Faithful Oh, no, rain, rain is definitely very, very close. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm too too much waiting for that last issue. I know. No, I understand. I think overall it's going to be one of my favorite series. Definitely, even of the year. Even oh. not, even, not even halfway yet. Oh, it's already, you've already got a potential. See, I have a potential I already pick have of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's news for you. That's that's rare. Well, that. But for this week, yeah. what kind of hit for me, because sometimes you have to go by how you feels and, and everything of the week yeah. are, you know, that one just kind of attached to me a little bit more. Well, so. all right then. Let's move that over here, because now it is time for my The Read Pile. Oh. And we start this week with Kaiju Score, issue two. This is volume two, issue two, so this is Steel from the Gods. Um, so in this issue, it is very much our uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven-esque uh, oh, sequence. I love that. Can you show that? Yeah, absolutely. It's just so cute. So you can I see... You can see how they're actually going to do it. How they've got all the different little so stages. All the plans. This is the you whole plan. Arrows, things are numbered. <laughs> they even have a little legend to explain what the uh, and that that of course is the kaiju that they're trying to get inside the belly of, so that they can find the uh, gold and steal the gold out of the belly of the beast. And we learn a lot about how the characters are sort of intertwined and how this this group of thieves and uh, uh, migrants. Well, they're not really murdered. Uh, but how this group of thieves is much more family-esque. They are clearly much more um, uh, uh, a unit than the previous volume, which of course was full of ne'er-do-wells and backstabbing. But we've got this team of four led by our main character, and she is not very excited when anyone starts making fun of any of her people. She uh, goes literally goes off, and as she is yelling at the, uh, this guy for making fun of one of her team members, the other members of the team are basically uh, sort of wondering if she's going to kill this guy right now, or if she's going to wait and kill this guy later, but that's how much of a mama bear she is to her team, which I appreciate. What's also really great about this, aside from learning how they're going to steal uh, the belly, uh, get into the belly of the beast, we also get uh, our big weighted return of our main character, Marco, from Volume 1. We kind of figured we would see him in Volume 2, and sure enough, he makes an appearance, and he's just sort of there to give her an idea on how to steal from the gods, as it were. So he comes up with a plan, because he was always the plan guy. Um, so issue two of Kaiju Score is very much an issue two. Mm -hmm. Issue one was pretty exciting, pretty loud, pretty rambunctious. And issue two was a little bit more of a, all right, now how are we going to do this shit? And the answer is, okay, this is how we're going to do this shit. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. I very much enjoyed it. We got to see a lot more. Uh, in the way of the family unit and how they're forming. It is going to be really sad when uh, everything goes south and people end up getting killed because that's how this shit happens. <laughs> so, Do you feel attached to any particular character that you're like, oh, come on now, you can't take... Um, I have a terrible feeling that TG, the gardener, is going to end up mo many, many dead. Uh, he is a very cool kind of a, you know, like a jack-of-all-trades. He uh, sped off because they, they, they had this really great plan to steal the retina scan of one of the main characters that they needed to get into the, the building. Mm -hmm. And at one point they dropped the little device that they were using to get the retina scan. And TG, like, they're all on motorcycles and TG, like, hauls off and he's like, I got it! And he turns around and, like, does this really crazy move with his motorcycle. He scoops up 
the camera, and he gets shot like three times by police officers who have been following them. And he's like getting patched up back home, and everyone's like, right, for a second, I thought that was going to be it for him. And I'm like, oh no, Not the gardener. Three times. Yeah. Well, it was like one of the ribs, like one grazed him, and I think one like went off his shoulder. But it was one of those moments where you're like, oh no, but they, they are saying it in the comic. Like the characters all are looking at each other like, we're going to fucking die. Like, this is not going to work, no matter what happens. And and so the the question then, well, why are you even doing it if everyone's really sure you're not going to die? And it's because... They, no, they have a bounty on their heads from one of the other... So that's the first, like, the uh, first page explains what happens in the industry that they're in when uh, a contract is essentially broken. Oh, And now they've... So they have a bounty on their heads. This is a way to erase the bounty. This is what they got to do to get rid of the bounty. And, and you, you at the end of the book, there's more double-crossing. And it's, you know, it's... It's it's a uh, what, what is that episode of Rick and Morty where they you know oh my gosh. they're talking about the heist films the heist it just kept it was, it a, was heist a heist and a heist, heist and a heist, heist. heist. and and the it, whole time it was just a heist on on, on Morty's uh, hopes and dreams right it was <laughs> how he incepted to get rid of Morty's hopes and dreams but Kaiju Score has a lot of that but it's a heist it's a heist book and they're not playing they're not they're not trying to be meta about it. You just you read one heist story, you sort of have a decent idea where it's going. Nothing wrong with that. I want to enjoy it. I'm happy to enjoy it. Very fun. Moving on. I also wanted to point out you made sure to thread the story. Like it's I know it doesn't have anything to do with the movie, but it is a thread shirt. Mm-hmm. Or I'm the captain. Yeah. yeah. Picard. We'll see. Red shirt. Riker, 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 Redshirt, Wesley had a re- eh, maybe not that last one. All right, Slumber, Slumber Party Massacre, Slumber issue three. Oh, this was a heavy issue. Oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So what do you learn? Well, we learned that you can't die in dreams if you're the dreamer. You oh, just, you just, the dreamer. yeah. So if you die in your dream, it's your dream. You can't be hurt. You wake up and you just walk through the nearest door. So, so at one point the dreamer gets like a shotgun blast through his chest, and he pops back up out of the like they're in a they're at a graveyard. So he just busts through a mausoleum and he goes, "What the hell was that?" And they explain that you can't die, you can't die in your dream. But it wakes you up. No, no, no. Oh. You just continue on the dream. What does happen though is anything that dies in your dream gets erased from your memory, completely gone. So remember how you 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 know everyone has dreams where like. They remember like visiting a friend or one of their buddies shows up or the a cat that they miss that maybe passed away some time ago. Well, in this reality of slumber, if that animal, that character, that friend shows up and one of the slumber, uh, one of the dream detectives are there and they take him out because it's actually a nightmare, you forget that ever existed. That it's just gone. So if your mother, per se, was being inhabited, the dream of your, the dream version of your mother is being inhabited by the monster that's going around killing all these people in slumber, and you shoot and kill the the mother character of your dream, huh. you'll forget you ever had a mother. You'll just completely forget. Wow. So uh, that's basically where we're at. Is the dream detective explains well who she is, why she's there. Our victim is there. Everyone is there, and we actually see the the big bad. It gets inhabited by a particular memory, and the dream detective goes to take out the memory, and the dreamer stops her and says, "I won't let you destroy this memory because he realizes that if she destroys the memory, he'll lose whoever that person is to him forever and ever and ever." And they even say like, "If if she shoots grandma, 
you can forget that you have a grandma. So don't let her anywhere near your grandmother. And it, it adds a whole other layer to this. So you've got this parasite, this, this monster that invades your dreams, takes over one of your memories, hides there, and then makes you commit horrible acts. But it's not your fault. You're just the vessel. You, you literally have no idea this is happening. The way to exercise that demon, as it were, is to kill it. But it's just in a, it's a nebulous void. It's a blob. You can't shoot the nebulous. You can't shoot a shadow. So it inhabits certain parts of your dream. Right now, it's inhabiting a very important person to the dreamer. And the dreamer is telling our dream detective, I'm not letting you kill that person. I will not forget that person. I have to remember that person. You're not going to do it. And that's where we're at. But it's a very... It's the trolley. It's the trolley experiment. Are you telling me that you would rather have all these people die rather than you just forget this one person? Because we can end this right now. But he's in charge of the trolley. It's his decision to make. I don't want you to, to remove the memory of this person for the rest of my life. I miss that person already. I don't want them gone. On the other hand, if she just shoots this memory, it'll kill the monster. and It'll take out the killer. And... The book is also full of a lot of really good dark humor. I really enjoy Slumber. I don't know how many other people are still on board with Slumber, but I certainly am. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it is very um, very reminiscent of a lot of other stuff that I'm, I'm reading right now, but I'm really enjoying it. I really, truly am. Now, this book this book needs to get moving. A Town Called Terror. And I, by I mean get moving is like there is a lot here. It's also a very horror-driven book, so as is traditional horror, there isn't much dialogue. The art is absolutely fantastic. It's so moody. The color scheme never really changes from shadow to red to black to dark. It's a very moody, very comic. And it's Steve Niles, who I adore. But you're going to need to give me some more information here, Steve. There's a whole group of people called the Franks, and they're a bunch of hicks, and they keep putting people back together by sewing them back because they're all Frankensteins. Mm -hmm. There's there's clearly a vampire. There's clearly other you know horror tropes that all exist in this uh, reality. Give me something, brother. Like this is this is still very well drawn, but I want you to notice something. This is like the exact opposite problem of Animal uh, Castle. Look at how many pages of no dialogue there are. Isn't that amazing? The art is so good. And you sort of, it, it, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Yes, I could use more words, though. And I'm not mad at A Town Called Terror. I am not dropping A Town Called Terror. I want so much more out of this. Give me more. I want to know more. So this is very, if you're not familiar, A Town Called Terror is sort of the horror version of Disney's Once Upon a Time, I think was the name of the show, where there's like a city in Maine where all the fairy tale people live. Is that right? Yeah. You watched it. I don't remember night. what it was called, but it was something like that at least. So yeah, but you, you know you you know the show. Right. So terror is that show only with horror monsters. So instead of, you know, uh, Disney princesses and, and the Legend of Zelda or whoever, you've got vampires and Frankenstein monsters and all these, you know, traditional horror creatures that live in this one town. And everyone leaves them alone and they just tend to their own whatever. 
Yeah, so I want a whole. I want. I want. I want every issue of this. I want every issue of this. I want the backstory. I want a prequel. I want another volume. Give me. I need to know more about all these monsters living together. I need to know why the daughter Lilith, uh, why she's the bartender. I need to know where the why the the brother who is the uh, the the what's the what's the word uh, where the 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 kid comes back. It's like something son. I forget the exact terminology. The, the something. The prodigal son. He's the prodigal son because he went off to go get married to a regular human, and he just wants to go back home to his wife. He doesn't want to be part of this horror shit anymore. He's tired of it. He's tired of living under his father's thumb. His th father, who keeps dying and resurrecting through various ways, he's just so over all of it. He just wants to go be a normal person. And then one of the Frankenstein's pisses him off, and he literally rips his own arm off and beats him to half to death with his own Frankenstein arm. And that was fucking cool. So I, it's one of those things where it's like, I want more of this book. I'm being very mean because it's only issue two and maybe I should slow the fuck down, but I, I, I don't care. I, I, it's, it's got me hook, line, and sinker, but I need more. Does, this, does any of this make sense? Yeah. Is okay. it a short series? I don't know. I hope so. Because I also want it to, to you know. Have an ending. <laughs> I'm really asking a lot. I'm really asking. I want a lot of book. Very short print run. Rick me. Give. Alright. Very nearly my pick of the week, but not quite my pick of the week. The Excellent. This is issue three of The Excellent. Um, <laughs> L, who's this on the cover? It's the Doctor Strange. It is Doctor Strange. Why do you think Doctor Strange <laughs> would be in an issue of The Excellent? So if you had, because he had a movie coming out the same time this issue debuted, mm -hmm. you'd be right. <laughs> the Excellent um, are a sort of meta-evil team led by Zeitgeist, who is battling uh, the Ecstatics, who is a meta-hero team that was created from X-Force that I followed for years and years. Zeitgeist uh, was killed but resurrected, as is sometimes the case in that situation, he came back a little more fucked up than he ought be, than he once was. And in this issue, Zeitgeist decides to break in to the Sanctum Satorum and just wreck the place. And they, they, they treat, they're like rock stars, they treat themselves like rock stars, they show up inside Strange's Sanctum, because Strange is off battling um, Morgan Le Fay uh, in a different dimension, and he can sense that the sanctum is being wrecked and that people are like tossing the books around but there's nothing you can do about it because he's got to fight a big bad and that's the entirety of Doctor Strange's involvement in this issue the only positive is that we get really awesome Mike Allred Doctor Strange art which I don't know if uh, Mike Allred has ever drawn Doctor Strange before but he does such a cool job I love Mike Allred I love his artwork so much um, so Doctor Strange makes all but two appearances and there, there is like, oh, I can't, I can't go back in. I, I'm trying to contain the nameless one's servant, Morgan Le Fay. I can't leave now. I love this. I love how meta this book is. I love how absurdly ridiculous this book is. I, I cannot wait for the next issue of Excellent. I, it, it, this reminds me a lot of like books like X Club and Ecstatics, where I know I'm super in the minority. Like I'm part of this little niche within the niche within the niche that follows the excellent, I'm like, I don't care. 
just Peter Peter Milligan, Mike Allred, you can you can keep making these books. Laura Allred, you can keep making these books. Just put it right here. I'm gonna put my wallet down. You just charge whatever you think is necessary because I'm reading every issue. No chance in hell I'm not. Absolutely, give it to me. Not my pick of the week, though. Well, I'll be honest. My pick of the week. I uh, I have two copies of it. Uh, it is. Uh, I hate this place. It is my pick of the week, and it's also fuck this place because I'm a child and it says a dirty word and I needed it. So Elle originally uh, picked this up and it was part of her read pile, and, but she had enough books and she wasn't super excited when she flipped through it. But I wanted it because I'm a big fan of uh, saying fuck. <laughs> but more importantly. Uh, I always like to try new image number ones. Very rarely, if you put an image number one in front of us, it is rare that we don't at least read it. I still have a copy of Radiant Black number one, which everybody on God's Creation says is great, but I personally hate it. Uh, but it was an image number one, so yeah, give me give me your image number ones. Yeah, it. I think what's great is that you know if you're going to be hooked or not. Mm -hmm. You know with image comics, I'm like, still. Yeah. You're going to know on issue one or not if. I mean, it's a definite yes or no kind of situation. Yeah. Sometimes for the worst. I don't usually get to like I don't to like maybe the second or third issue and then say oh. Eh. Yeah, no. Image is very like they do a great job with their issue ones for sure. So uh, I hate this place is um, it's a lot of some of the favorite stories that I've already read at least on the surface it appears to be. So we've got our two main characters a nice lesbian couple partners that are. Uh, just trying to make their way. Um, one of them, uh, their, her aunt, dies uh, and leaves them the farm, which sounds very similar to a show called Ghosts, um, about uh, the, uh, some unknown great aunt who suddenly dies, and then a young couple goes and moves into their place. A young interracial couple. It's very close to Ghosts. Anyway, when we go to our house, uh, we find that it is haunted, sort of. We're not really sure. All we know for sure is that there's a safe room. Inside the safe room are an, a seemingly endless library of VHS tapes. And we are instantly met with actual ghosts. Actual ghosts that everyone can see and are well known to exist. And also there's some really creepy guy who lives in the woods and has these horns on his head. So there are some rules. Rules to surviving summer camp. You see how it all comes back, everybody? You see how the beginning of the show comes all the way to the end of the show? And the rules for surviving, hating this place and living on this dairy farm, but it's not really a dairy farm. So there are three rules. Well, there's like four rules. Rule number one, the ghosts cannot come into the house. Nobody knows why, but that's what it is. Rule number two, there is one ghost. His name is Bodhi, mm -hmm. and he lives in the house, but he's, he's, very, he's, he's very benevolent. He's like a nice guy. He's just sort of trapped there. Rule number three, if you die on the property, you stay on the property. Okay, mm, yeah, I, I get that. You, you even saw that in American Horror Story. You saw, you see that almost, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's yeah. a very, it's a very, it's a, it's a very you good, very old trope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rule number four, don't go in the woods. Don't go in the woods. And part of rule number four and also rule number three, if you see the man with the horns, run like hell. I don't know what's going on in Fuck This Place. I don't know what's going on yet. There's a lot left to be learned. I will take more, please. It is my pick of the week. I absolutely loved it. I would tell you, I would recommend to get the variant cover of it because it says the F word and it's dirty. 
But everything you saw, everything was the same. Though, oh, identical. Know? Although the backs are kind of interesting. They actually changed the color of the back page. I think it interacts with the coloring of the font. Yeah. The there is one particular, actually, now that you mention it, um, there is one particular moment where one of the characters says the name of the book. So I wonder if, and I hate this place, if she says, I hate it, uh, if she says, no, 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 she says, fuck this place in both. So there's, there's, a, you know, don't say the name of the book. Uh, but I thought it maybe in the in the I hate this place she might say I hate this place and then in fuck this place she might like how cool would that be right? Yeah. It, it would be. Fun. I'm fine without it. I I yeah. I thought it would be fun. All right, so that's your pick of the week. This is my pick of the week. Is I hate this place by Image Comics from Kyle Starks and it, oh I had Topolin Art Artium Artium Oh Art Artium Ah I'm Artium? sorry Artium. DM me on how to properly pronounce your name. I'm sorry, I'm not good with names. Okay. Wait a minute, what is this? I'm saying. Yeah, you're picking the week as Alice Ever After. Yes, I'm just a reminder. Yes. That also. Oh no, you're doing it too? I'm just saying, as a reminder, <laughs> to read this. Rain. It's a very close pick of the week. Okay, fair enough. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of The Read Pile uh, for uh, this week, the May the 21st. Twenty second, tomorrow's yeah, the twenty third. No, 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 no. Today's the twenty first. Tomorrow will be the twenty second. Monday's the twenty. Wednesday, I happen to know, this is, is the twenty fifth. Yeah. No, Wednesday's the twenty. So today's the twenty second. Okay. Anyway, that wraps up the week of May twenty second. Uh, I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, for the original Angry Nerd Girl, Eldest Strange. Before we go, we always like to say hi to our friends. Of course, our wonderful friends, the Space Bastards, Mad Cave Comics, and the IndieCast, our sister show, which is now back up. Make sure you check up the WNRN. That's at. VWNRN. You can check us out on Anchor. We do ask that if you listen to us on Anchor, you just give it a click, give us a play, because that helps make sure that uh, the WNRN has more stickers and t-shirts and cat food for all of our various friends. Also, big thank you to Glurk and Bo VG Comics, and of course our good friend AJ Schumacher. Uh, I don't think I missed it. Oh, Eric Palicki. Eric Palicki is awesome. Uh, until next week, uh, where we'll have more comics, more comedies, more... Uh, Maybe more cats. Maybe more cats. Very, very we low cat. One. Very low cat engagement this week. Yeah, just a little battle out in the hallway. That's about it. Uh, hello, teddy bear. Hello. She is an evil teddy bear. She's always set on evil. Yeah. And the little button that it's stuck on evil. It's on her belly, but you can't touch her you belly. You can't touch her belly or she'll murder you. Made it. This is Barbara Gordon, for those of you wondering. Ah, oh, she's drooling. All right, everybody, we will see you all next week with more comics, more ridiculousness, more cat butt. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, for the original Angry Nerd Girl Lestrange, L. Lestrange, letting you know that it is camp season. Make sure you put out your Lunella candles. And until then, say goodbye, L. Bye, Oh, my God. There we go. Ah, thank you for listening. Audio only. Onyx didn't even destroy the page. That's great. Good work, Onyx. You're the best.